welcome, welcome all to the Pro Football Radio Podcast. This is your co-host, Jay Chima, with the pride and joy of Merrimack, New Hampshire, Dapuma. So I take it you had a good day today. Oh, uh, dude, I had a great day. It's a good intro. Oh, uh, dude, I had a great couple of days. <laughs> it was like a welfare check intro. Yeah. I'm going to rate the intros from here on out of, like, what kind of day did Jay have at work today? I will, I will, I will, yeah, you're right. Uh, if uh, if my intros are shit, if my energy isn't there in the podcast, I usually probably had a bad day. Yep. But I had a great couple of days up in Boston for some work, man. Got to hang up there. I mean, it was awesome. I had a great Sick. time, man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. How about you? How are you doing? Not too bad, you know, yeah. just plugging along, same old, same old. Yep. You know, just avoiding housework. <laughs> For as long as humanly possible, i.e., rake in the yard. Mm. I had to uh, had to bleed out the uh, the oil line yesterday. Uh, smoke started coming out of the furnace because boiler got a little flooded, but everything's fine. The house didn't burn down, so we're good. Were you scared? Uh, when I started smoke, seeing smoke coming out of the stack, yeah, because like I've never really, ha- obviously, never had to deal with you know the oil line has air in it because the fucking yeah. tank was bone dry. How do you bleed the air out? And I kept pushing a button and bleeding it and it, the boiler wasn't lighting. And then finally I stopped and then like smoke started coming out. Yeah. It's like, do I get the fight? Like, is this going to burst? I yeah. got like 19,000 pairs of clothes down here. Oof. Like, is this going to be backdraft? Mm-hmm. Is, you know, fucking Billy Baldwin or someone going to be coming through the door? Like, I don't know, man. Who's Billy Baldwin? He's an actor in backdraft, but it's mm. a pre-2000 movie, so you Why do you even try Brennan, why do you try with It's a classic. Pre- I mean, I'm saying what the movie is. It's not my fault. Movies, all right? Not my fault you want to miss why, out on classics. Why don't you have these movie analogies of post-2000 so I can I can be but in on the fun with what, you? What am I going to do? Ladder 49? Like, oh, Okay, I want to see a fucking toad-looking John Travolta as a firefighter. No, no. Backdraft is a classic. Hmm. The fact that you want to miss out on classic movies because it's pre-2000, that, that's your problem. I just don't understand why, like, I have to watch, like, pre-2000 movies because I hear it all the time. I, I, you're not the first person to tell me, oh, you're missing out. This movie in 1992 was so awesome. And I'm it was like, a classic. I'm like, listen. It's a classic. If I haven't seen it, and plus anything's better than Batman versus Superman. Oh, dude, you shut your mouth, all right? Why? You it's shut your trash. you shut your whore mouth, Tuma. All right, greatest movie of all time. And, and you're high. You're high. I'm high on life, baby. Yeah, you're high, you're high on something that ain't life. <laughs> Let me tell you a little story. You ready for this? Yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> story time with the Puma. I live for this. <laughs> story time with the Puma. So listen, I'm a guy that has uh, anger issues sometimes, right? I'll admit to it. As I get older, I realized um, things just don't roll, roll off my back like they used to, right? Um, when I was younger, people could yell at me and call me names, do whatever they want to me, act weird, you know, in a sense, and I'd be totally fine with it. As I get older, though, I, I can't let things roll off my back. And I'll give you a case in point, right? Uh, great. <laughs> Look at your face right I can't now. wait. Because you're, you're saying, like, you're, 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 you're building it up. For it to be like fight night, and it's just going to be the most minute thing that is going to put me through the goddamn roof. I can't wait. I feel I should stop right now. You're already through the roof. You, I, I can't wait. I, you're already through I'm the already roof. at the ceiling in the, in the goddamn recording studio. Let's go through it. Where are we at, Jay? It's not the recording studio. Oh, the amphitheater. It, as it's the pro football radio amphitheater. Sorry. Busted if you rank. Google that in Google Maps, it'll come up. All okay. Right? Don't tell that. I don't want people showing up here. <laughs> So listen, I uh, last uh, was it Wednesday or Thursday last week. I uh, had a hankering for some iced tea, right? Okay. 
So I go. I what go kind of iced tea we're talking about here? Oh, it, it was the uh, it was uh, the Arnold, Arnold Palmer. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like a big gallon they Classic. make. Classic. It's uh, what is it? Um, Arizona. Arizona? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's like a big gallon, right? Yeah. Uh, so I go to my local uh, Rite Aid down the road from me. Um, go there all the time. It's like my local store, right? Uh, I go in there. I pick up my little gallon of tea. Uh, I go up to the counter and I also pick up um, a little piece of gum. Uh, there's like a you know the gum right by the counter. I pick that up as well. Now. I get to the counter, and uh, there's this lady who is about 95 years old, um, super old, right? Um, running the cashier, uh, running the register. And I say, hey, uh, how you doing? Um, I would like these two things. Um, what's the total? She's like, it's blah, blah. I'm like, all right, cool. Can I also get a bag as well? And she looks at me. She looks at the two things I have on the counter, and she says, that's not a good idea, Right? And I'm like, that's not the proper response to when I ask for a bag. You say that's not a good idea. And I'm like, uh, I'm sorry, like, uh, what? Like, what do you mean? She's like, well, you only have two things. Uh, you're a young guy. Um, bags are 10 cents a pop. Um, and if you do take a bag, you're going to be hurting Grandma the environment. Grandma from the top rope. Yeah, yeah. She was like, and, and she was like, and, you know, you can carry it out and you don't have to hurt the environment. And it's when she said those words, like, instant rage came over me. Just instant fucking rage. Puma, I, I pictured killing her in a span of uh, point, like, three milliseconds, like, four different times. You know what I'm saying? Jay. <laughs> so, so, let me finish. Let me finish. Okay. Can't so wait for this. At, at this point, I'm shell-shocked. I'm just like, wait a minute. The now, are there is... people behind yes. you? Yes. So oh, people... you got dogged in front of people. Exactly. Ah! Exactly, bro. I got dogged. I got bitched out by a 95-year-old lady. She with wasn't people wrong. behind me. You know what I'm saying? She wasn't wrong. That's not the point, Puma. All right? That's not the point. So, at that point, I'm just like, shell shock. I mean, what do I even fucking do here? So, I bitch out. I decide to just take my medicine, grab my fucking gum, put it in my pocket, and carry my fucking goddamn Arizona tea out without a bag. But I, it's been sitting with me for fucking five days now. You know what I'm saying? I've thought about the lady six times in the last, like, three or four days. And I just don't understand why she be such a bitch, bro. I'm going to go back. I'm going to go back probably next week. Buy like, I don't know, something really small, like a candy bar. And be like, I want two fucking bags, bitch. Why don't you put two fucking goddamn bags on the counter right now? Here's my 20 cents. All right? Jay. So let me let me recap. You bought a gallon. A gallon of Arizona iced tea, which has a fucking handle on it. And a pack of gum. And you're wearing pants that have pockets in it. You're telling you're telling me you need why why did you need a bag? For listen, two fucking things. Listen, I I need bags to the house, right? You always gotta put bags into trash cans and throw stuff in. You into can't it. just buy like a fucking a, yeah, like, I was trying to buy a bag for 10 cents, but the lady wouldn't let me do it. Like a whole pack from like I don't even know what what like the the the, the, well, what's the trash the difference bag with me buying a 10 cent like bag Febreze? can't just buy a bag. You can buy a whole box. You get a whole box of regular uh, uh, trash bags. Puma, listen. I was so mad, right? I, I was hoping that there would be some sort of like a massive event that like we would all get flooded here on the East Coast when the glaciers like melted away in the span of three days. It's just so that lady would fucking know. You need help. Why, why would I? Why you would need, I need help. help. You need help. The lady, the, the way she sounded was so condescending, bro. She wasn't wrong. I would have said the matter. same thing. It doesn't matter if she was wrong or right. It was how she fucking said it, so bro. So what's she supposed to do? Oh, my God, Jay. She's so supposed to shut should, her fucking mouth. You should, you should not buy. You should be. You should use your two goddamn hands because that's what God gave them to you. And just carry the iced tea and the pack of gum. 
Yeah, but like, why would she say that though? Why don't she just fucking take my goddamn 10 cents, give me a bag, and let me move out my because fucking Because she day. realized how ridiculous it would have been to put a fucking gallon of Arizona iced tea in a packet. What, what gum was it? Uh, it was like one of those, uh, the dentine, is that what they call it? Okay, the, the, the and a little, little chintzy yeah. pack of dentine ice. In a bag. No, I think what really pisses me off that, like, before this 10 cent bag rule went to place in Connecticut, I feel like she wouldn't do this shit. I feel like she would just let people go, well, yeah, but now all of a sudden, she's fucking bag shaming people. She ain't wrong. It's a, it's a bag. Like, I can understand if, say, you have, like, five different items. Like, you had five different items, or, you know, maybe you bought two gallons of fucking iced tea. It's like, oh, okay. Like this, and maybe a couple other things. But, dude... One gallon of iced tea and one little bat thing of fucking dentine ice, and you got pockets. Jay, you're killing me. You, Dude, you, you're killing know. me. I don't. Know. I feel like I feel like you wouldn't have seen my side of it, but it's okay. I mean, oh, because I would have just carried it. I wouldn't have even asked for a bag. Yeah, but what? Whatever happened to the old adage of the customer's always right? <laughs> Not when the bag is ten cents. And we're trying to save the environment like, here. Uh, fuck the environment. I don't care. I'm not going to clearly because you throw shit out the car. Oh, I don't care about the environment. Uh-huh. Right? I don't care. I don't care one bit. I'm sorry if that makes me a bad person, but I'm going to be long gone before anything happens. All right. Oh my god. All right. Like <laughs> I'm going to be long gone. Our kids are going to be long gone. Maybe our grandkids are fucked, but who cares about them? All right. Wow. Sound logic from the man that also wanted to start the certified pre-owned children business. Yeah, dude, listen. Speaking of that, dude, my car is acting up all kinds of crazy. Like, I'm not lying. In a span of a week, like, so this is what happened in a span of a week. My uh, front uh, headlight went out, right? Uh-huh. That's just the beginning. Um, my rear passenger door stopped working. Like, when you pull on it, it doesn't actually um, open up, right? Um, my uh, alignment is off, so the car's fucking wobbling. And then the biggest issue is there's a small fan uh, behind the um, dashboard that sucks in air and it figures out um, what your cabin temperature is. Apparently, from doing my research online, that's like clogged up with dust or whatever it is. And it's making a weird robotic noise. It's just like at all times. And it's loud. I had to sit fucking driving three hours back today with this just getting madder and madder about this stupid bag lady, you know? That's more legit than get mad over the bag lady. No, seriously. And I'm afraid <laughs> I'm, I'm afraid I'm taking my car in for a service on Thursday and I'm afraid what they're gonna tell me is gonna be like a fucking massive bail and I'm not happy. It's fine. Just trade it in. Listen, Pooh, I'm not lying to you, but I'm seriously considering um probably next like summer trading the car and getting something else. There you go. Do you wanna go? Car shopping? Yeah, I still gotta pay bills on my car. <laughs> you you come support me. <laughs> yeah, come support you. Then, hey, hon, got a new car. <laughs> Nothing was wrong with this yeah, one. Yeah. Well, uh, the, well, when last time Brandon bought his car, uh, it was funny because he went with me to the dealership so I can get my car. Um, the oil change, yeah, right? Jiffy Lube almost killed mine. Yeah, right. So Brandon accompanies me to get my uh, oil change, and we're just hanging out. And uh, you were just like in love with uh, a certain car, right? It was a Mercedes Benz convertible. What was it like the C Class? But it was like the AMG. It was like a C63 or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And and Brandon was like, "I need a new fucking car now." <laughs> You're like, I gotta, "I gotta get rid of my Ford Focus." And next thing you know, he pulls up in the fucking three series, and I'm like, "All right, yep, all right, baller." <laughs> you know. It wanted all-wheel drive. And yeah. Jiffy Lube almost killed my car. Yeah. Yeah. I feel you. But, yeah, that's all That's all really I have on my end, man. Wow. I'm glad you were able to carry the gallon and the... the but, the listen, I am going to I, I gonna go back to, to that fucking writer and ask for, like, three bags. I'm like, here's 30 cents. Keep the fucking change. <laughs> <laughs> Buy yourself a fucking bag, honey. Wow. <laughs> no words, Jay. No words. All right. Uh, let's get into uh, week five storylines. 
Week five has come and gone. Some yeah, great really games came out. We went out with a bang Ooh. or a bludgeoning Ooh. last night last on night, Monday Night Football. Last night Monday Night Football game was tough to watch, man. And we'll get to all that in a second. Um, as usual, we will go through the five, the three storylines uh, that both myself and Depuma have picked out to discuss from Week Five, um, and then we will move up into the Week Six matchups. I can't believe we're six weeks in, man. Yep. It's crazy. crazy. Went by quick. Uh, two more weeks and we're halfway through the season. Think about that. Yep. I always get sad during the halfway of the season work because then I know it's just counting down towards the end. Right. Like we're, we're like getting on. We're just getting to the end here soon, you know? So, uh, okay, cool. My biggest storyline coming out of week five was the Falcons getting humiliated 53-32 by the Houston Texans. They couldn't even get a sack. Dude, it was bad. That was a bad game. It was uh, it was bad. And and every single Sunday, there's two or three scores that you see that you just think to yourself, what the fuck happened there, you know? And this is one of those. And I was watching this on the Red Zone channel. And I, I've come to the conclusion that there needs to be a serious change in Falcon City, in Atlanta, right? Um, ever since that Super Bowl against the Patriots, they have not been the same team. And they should not be losing with Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Ridley, and Sanu. That is an amazing offensive um, you know, threshold of players, and they just can't seem to get anything going. Um, they are now 1-4 on the season um, with losses against Minnesota, Indianapolis, and Tennessee. Their lone win was against a, against a banged-up Philadelphia team on that Sunday football game. Yep. Yeah. And, and I think my main point is that Kyle Shanahan leaving it's a big fucking problem. It's a big it's issue, huge. right? That le- so them leaving. Uh, so when Kyle Shanahan was there with those weapons, it was a Super Bowl winning offense. Ever since I then, I think they were like top. I think they were seventh in the league, average, mm-hmm. like total offense. They were yep. seventh in the league, and they were great. And Kyle Shanahan, I'm getting more and more respect for him for what he's doing with the 49ers and what he did with the with the Falcons. And after he left it, and they were crap. And and it's that's a big part of it. But then also um, the offensive line play is still crap, which mm-hmm. is obviously uh, a massive issue. But I think they're at that point now where you got to breathe some new life into this uh, into this franchise. You got to kind of make a coaching change. Right. Um, I think you can possibly maximize the last two, three years left of Matt Ryan's career and try to make a Super Bowl run with the new coaching staff. Yeah. I mean, at this rate, and, you know, Arthur Blank came out, I think it was after the game, saying, like, yeah, you know, we're not going to – he pretty much said, like, we're not, you know, making a coaching change, you know, anytime soon or something along those lines. Like, I'm paraphrasing it, but anytime an owner says yeah. that. Like, yeah. that's just, like, the final nail there, in the coffin. That's the kiss of death. There is no vote of confidence like, in the NFL. no. Like, it, it's, I could see – you know, the, the messed up thing is, is they brought back Dirk Cutter to get back to kind of a Kyle Shanahan-esque offense and like, and that's not working. And the defense is, you know, Dan Quinn is a defensive guy and they're like fucking, like 25th, 26th total mm-hmm. defense is, yeah. that is insane against every, every team in the NFC South is high flying and your bottom tier defense, like, no. No, you can't be trying to throw yourself to victories, especially when you're not even getting the ball to Julio Jones, for yeah. Christ's sake. Yeah, and it's just a bigger conversation of they shouldn't be losing. No. Right? Uh, at, they shouldn't be 1-4 and four on the season, especially with with losses against Indianapolis and Tennessee. Teams, I think you have better talent uh, on the field, and you still are losing to those two teams. I get Minnesota. I get, obviously, Houston is a good team, but Indianapolis and Tennessee, right. come on, man. you got to be 1-4 now. So before we do that, though, let me go ahead and... Yeah, pour one out for Dan Quinn. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Some Coke right, Zero action right. right here. Uh, my first storyline, we're going to keep it in the NFC East. 
it it really, in my opinion, right now, I, I think the Dallas Cowboys are probably one of the biggest pretenders right now in the NFC. I mean, they had you know three really good games, but they were you know subpar. Let's be honest here; like they were subpar teams that they were playing against. And then the last two weeks, they lost in a squeaker against New Orleans uh, in in the dome. Right, they were on the road in that game, uh, but then they got they got smoked out by Green Bay. They got gashed. You know, over the last two weeks, they got they've given up 592 yards of offense and four touchdowns. Um, and then it just looks like. You know, the whole Tyron Smith missing last week's game and then missing the back half of the Saints game, that's a huge problem. Like, a lot of that pressure against Green Bay, which is a pretty decent defense. It got exposed against Philadelphia. But a lot of that pressure Dak was facing on Sunday against the Packers was on the left side. Where does Tyron Smith play? He, he plays on the left side of the line, the most important part of the line for a right-handed quarterback. And Dak is just getting blown up. I think he ended the day with, like, what, like three picks? He ended yeah, up salvaging picks. it with two touchdowns at the end of the day but yeah, they, but those garbage time they couldn't get they couldn't get anything going green bay granted green bay almost let them back in the game uh but the first half that didn't really leave a whole lot to be desired jason garrett's having a temper tantrum on the sideline that cost them 15 yards on a good chunk play with uh with amari cooper down the field like it's but do you think that the tiki of a foul though? Like all he really did was just throw his flag a little too angrily. Like that, that mean? you know, I think from what it, it looked like to me, you could probably speak a little bit more to that from what you saw. Maybe this guy and Garrett were going back and forth throughout sure. the entire game, sure. and then just looking at him like being trying to dog the guy with the challenge flag might have been the the fucking straw that broke the camel's back. I mean, it's like in baseball, people, like umpires behind the plate, they'll give you you know, a threshold until they can't fucking take the berating anymore. And, you know, they'll toss you out of the game. And, you know, the Cowboys, they have the Jets this week. Granted, Sam Darnold is slated to be back. He's cleared medically. So the offense is going to get a little bit of an uptick. But after that, I mean, they they have the Eagles. They got the Giants, which now you're going to have Daniel Jones under center. Minnesota, Detroit, a bye week, New England, which is a top defense right now, and then Buffalo. Like these are, this isn't an easy seven weeks coming up after this Jets game. Mm-hmm. So if they don't figure out like the offense that was working the first three weeks with Kellen Moore calling up play action and you know uh, get Ezekiel Elliott running the ball more, like they, they could have, they could be uh, in, in serious trouble with this division that always historically log jams towards the end of the year. Yeah. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see how that kind of pans out. Um, and, I, and I was truthfully surprised they lost by that big of a margin. Yeah, at the end of the day, it looked close, but... The box scored in really... But, yeah, right? It was like 31-0 or 31-3 at halftime, yeah. or whatever it was. It was just absolute annihilation. So, um, we'll see. We'll see if the Cowboys are pretenders, but it seems like they are at this point because they beat three crap teams. They beat the Dolphins, the Redskins, and what was it? They beat? Uh, the Giants, which yeah. was like so, the man, most interesting game out of those three. Yeah, so whatever, man. We'll, we'll see how it pans out. Um, okay, cool. Next up, my second storyline is the Colts and their upset in Arrowhead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was uh, shocked to see that I score. was shocked, too. I yeah. had them losing. I had them losing. We all did. I'll cop, I'll listen, cop to it. Listen, we all had them losing in Arrowhead. It's hard to beat the, the Kansas City 
the uh, offense uh, in that stadium. And and this is one of those scores, 19-13, along with the Raiders and Bears scores, that yeah. kind of had me sit down and kind of reevaluate both teams. I was yep. like, listen, did I overlook the Colts? Did I overlook the Bears? I'm sorry, the Raiders? Like, it's just one of those scores and one of those matchups and how brutally physical the Colts were that you made yourself think, like, maybe this team has more than just, hey, they're going to try to tread water with, you know, uh, Berset and then kind of move on, you know? Right. Um, so, yeah, man, I mean, they mostly kept the ball away from Patrick Mahomes. Um, and they beat KC in the trenches, which was the big, big highlight. Both of sides the, of the ball, exactly right. Insane. Um, the Colts are a tough and resilient team. I believe after Sunday night, man, they can hang with anybody in the AFC. So I'm really excited to see how this Colts team pans out the next few games. Yeah, I mean that's why even with all the Andrew Luck news that came out, I was still banging the drum. I have, I have the Colts winning the AFC South. I, I really like Frank Reich. He came out in the presser like that Monday and just. You know, kept comparing it to like you know we're climbing a mountain here. Like we we got you know we're at the base. We got to work our way up. We're gonna hit bumps in the road. Andrew Lux was a bump in the road that his retirement we have to deal with. But I mean, this offensive line they finally rebuilt this offensive line over the years through the draft, and it is probably the best in the league right now. And then even on defense, they were rushing like they did not care. They were rushing for. Dropping in safety against Patrick Mahomes, and that offensive line could not keep up. Patrick Mahomes was banged up. Uh, they did what New England did, which was run the ball a bazillion times and keep Patrick Mahomes, and that's uh, keep Mahomes off the field. That's going to be the blueprint for a lot of offenses moving forward, especially against uh, Houston coming up in, in Arrowhead. They got two running backs that could move the ball. Carlos Hyde is looking like the ghost of Carlos Hyde. He's been you know, running the ball pretty effectively in Houston right now. I can see them trying to establish the run early in the game and see if they can mimic what the Colts are doing. Yeah, and uh, the, new, the Patriots did it um, last year as well. They kept the ball away from Mahomes. They, now, now, the first game uh, last year, the Patriots and the Chiefs, they beat them by just outscoring them. Right. Um, but that was at home in Gillette, right? Um, when we went to Kansas City for the AFC Championship game, we made sure we played keep away, right? Yeah. Um, and even at that point, we were it was hard pressed to contain them, uh, contain Patrick Mahomes because in the second half he came alive. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, now I do believe if Patrick Mahomes wasn't hurt on Sunday night, it would be a different story. But I am concerned that Patrick couldn't throw the ball from the pocket as effectively as thought I he as as I thought he would have. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, it seems like his game is very much built on the hero I feel, throw. I feel comfortable outside the pocket. The Aaron Rodgers thing. I feel comfortable outside right. the pocket. But Aaron Rodgers has matured to a point where he can throw from the pocket consistently as well. Right. But I feel like Patrick Mahomes was very uncomfortable when they took away his legs. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. I mean, he was banged up. It was the same ankle that got injured against Jacksonville, and then one of his own teammates rolled up on uh, that ankle. What was it? It was in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, a lot of his game, I mean, there was a play where it should have been like a 20-yard sack and it became like a game of Madden and it turned into a 15-yard touchdown. Yeah. To me, like, listen, I'm not casting shade. Mahomes is like the best quarterback right now in the league. But a lot of that's derived from hero-type Madden throws. And if you contain him, and even when they're rushing three, they were getting pressure on him. Yeah, so I think you made a, made a good point here. And the key to win, uh, underlying all of it, is when you watch the old Patriots tapes are you um, you don't rush him, you contain him, right? Um, you put two, uh, you make sure you don't um, get your defensive line in the backfield. You just contain that and make sure he doesn't get outside the pocket. Mm-hmm. And on top of that, you try to spy him at some point, right? Um, and turn him into a pocket passer. 
And that's something that you think would work in his benefit, but it obviously isn't. Nope. So um, I guess the book's out on him. If you, I mean, I don't want to say that just yet. Um, the kid is very talented. Right. But keep him in the pocket, try to have him throw. Maybe you have a chance to win. Right, that point. exactly. It's not like they were establishing the run in Kansas City either. Yeah. Uh, the uh, the second point that or storyline I saw, man, Teddy Bridgewater, he, like, you know, when he took over, a lot of people, they, they were like, oh, you know, the season's done. Like, he's not the guy and, and all this stuff. And I was saying on here, as long as if he treads water against the first two games, it was Seattle and Dallas, and they they go on a little bit of a roll here, they'll be good. But, like, they got to tread water here and, and split those first two games. Dude, he had a friggin' game against Tampa Bay. which yeah, he did. Which, you know, Todd Bowles, I've been banging that drum too. He's, you know, improved that defense from last year. But, I mean, Jesus, 24 of 34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, one pick, and I think all four of those touchdowns went to Michael Thomas. So Michael Thomas kind of came back alive in this game as well, too. I mean, he's going above and beyond what people had for expectations for when he took over the job. And there was a video of Drew Brees, I think it was Friday or Saturday, of him doing some exercises and some light drill work, yeah. you know, throwing the football, gripping the football. And, Dude, that team's going to be scary. And, you know, oh if Teddy God. Bridgewater if Teddy Bridgewater can keep this up, I'm not saying keep up a pace of what he did against Tampa Bay because, in my opinion, that's just unrealistic. But keep it uh, close to that. You know, there's no need to rush Drew Brees back. Yeah, you know, the, the, uh, their upcoming schedule, they played Jacksonville this week. They got the Bears, which they got, you know, they got beaten by Oakland Raiders. Uh, Oakland. And then they have Arizona. They go into their bye week, Atlanta, and then they play Tampa Bay. Right now, the earliest time frame was of, uh, of Drew Brees coming back was going to be the Arizona game. If Drew, if Teddy Bridgewater's rolling, why not have him sit out another week, make sure that thumb's good to go, go into the bye, and then you come back and you play Atlanta, which, you know, couldn't stop a runny nose right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll agree with that as well, man. Those guys, Saints are really good right now. They're one bad blown call away in LA from being undefeated in my eyes, mm-hmm. right? Um, that that play really turned this momentum of that game. Um, okay, cool. Uh, my third and final storyline, last night's Monday Night Football game, San Francisco beat down the Browns 31-3. to And I'm going to come out and say it, Baker Mayfield is aggressing in my eyes. He is absolutely regressing. He is not the same performer he was last year. Um, I think last night was rock bottom for this kid. It was an embarrassing performance, and it has been kind of building all year long. Now, listen, I want to get everything out there. I want to make sure I'm fair to him, and I want to I want to make sure I say that, um, you know, the offensive line play isn't the best right now. Right. Um, leadership issues from the coaching staff, you know what I'm saying? Um, there's a bunch of stuff they're working against him. But I will also say Baker Mayfield himself last year was very accurate. But this year is very erratic. You know what I'm saying? Even when he does have time in the pocket, he looks undecisive. He looks not confident. And his numbers last night were atrocious. Eight they of, were Tim Tebow numbers. Yeah, dude, uh, worse than Tim Tebow. They were they were like Tim At least Tebow, Tebow looked, pushed his QBR up in the fourth quarter by making a couple of hero plays. You know what I'm saying? This dude had a 1.4 QBR last night. Yep. You know what I'm saying? He was eight of twenty-two, uh, 100 yards, zero touchdowns, two INTs. Just looked absolutely life- right. lifeless, man. And and I don't know how you fix this. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to fix um, offensive lines and defensive lines in the season, right? That's something your team should be built from the inside out with, right? Um, good teams are built with good offensive line and defensive lines. The only way you get around fixing this offensive line is by trading um, one of your high value assets that you have, a wide receiver. Uh, Beckham or Jarvis Landry mm. for a good offensive line. You know, player. you know how you fix this. You call up Washington and you keep calling yep. Bruce Allen yep. until he blocks that phone number. Yep. If if the Dolphins got 
what, two ones and a couple of like early draft picks for Laramie Tunsil yeah. and Kenny Stills, yeah. you could easily get, if you're the Redskins, a one and a three you for, could easily move, for Trent Williams, who doesn't even want to be there. You could easily move uh, Odell Beckham Jr. or Jarvis Landry because you're very redundant on the offensive side. You have so many weapons. You can't move anything else. You can't. I don't know how many draft picks they have left. It seems like they're fucking trading all those away as well. But you got to seriously consider making some sort of big move to help out Baker Mayfield um, and hopefully get his confidence right. back, man. Because, like, you know, in, there, there was this knock on Baker last year. Like, even when he took over, he took over the job that he was lights out against subpar competition, right? But when he's facing teams with a winning record, I think he was, what, like he was below 500. I think it was like two games below 500 against teams with winning winning records. And that's kind of, that's the case right now. I mean, they they got completely exposed on national television against, uh, against the 49ers. Like the offensive line play was a joke. They even tried to, I think at one point they had two tight ends, which they're not known for being blocking tight ends, trying to block Nick Bosa, and they just completely blew by him. And it, 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 was, just, it was just an embarrassment on national television. And it almost was to the point of, you know, Ryan Leaf, when he came, now listen, I'm not calling Baker Mayfield a bust, but when Ryan Leaf came out of the scene, when he was a rookie, he had two like lights out games and then the fucking wheels fell off the bus. And then I was seeing memes of like a juxtaposed photo of Baker Mayfield transforming into Johnny Manziel on like the NFL meme page. Yeah. That's not that it's not that far off from the truth Listen, right this now. This is why I always say, and we go back and forth so much, I, I don't take seven games and just tell these uh, just prematurely coronate these quarterbacks well, but you're seeing what's happening with baker here right right and these are the reasons why i always am so guarded with hey man i don't know i don't know even lamar oh my god started out like the world's on fire and i was ready to be like yo all right i'm on board but you've seen the last couple of weeks so i mean i'm not listen it's a different conversation for a different day but we thought from last year's play he was accurate and he was going to be the savior. Right. He's going to be an MVP. But the way he's playing right now, he's regressing big time, bro. And as Colin Cowherd made a great point. The farther away he gets from Lincoln Riley, the worse he gets, mm -hmm. right? I mean, he, he wasn't the best uh, in his uh, pre-Oklahoma stops, right? He was walk-ons. He didn't ever make the team. Didn't do anything special. Lincoln Riley, who apparently can turn anybody into a Heisman candidate, right? Jalen Hurts, Kyler Murray. Him. Him, and now the the Browns. So it, there's something to be said there that maybe he's not who he thought he was. But we'll, we'll obviously we'll give him benefit doubt, and I'll, I'll be more than happy right. to give him till the end of the year. I, I will say overrated. I'm yeah. not like I'm not going to completely write him off. This offensive line's a joke. Yeah. Like I said, John Dorsey. Like that's the fucked up thing. Like they did this whole rebuild of I'm going to make the real life franchise like a fantasy football team. But the one aspect that you missed out on yeah. that's like the most important in the team yeah. is in the trenches. And you didn't even you like you couldn't even build an offensive line. They had an offensive lineman they cut at the end of training camp, knowing nobody was going to sign him, and then they signed him back on pennies on the dollar. Like that, that should not inspire any confidence for this kid to be dropping doing five seven step drops and then, and then against a, a superior pass rush. And then why? trade for Odell and give up for a really good offensive lineman as well. Yeah, they gave up. I, you so I guarantee you they want Zeitler back you right now. You have so many weapons. Like, why? You know what I'm saying? Yep. You got to make a splash. Listen, it's very simple. In the NFL, it's very simple. You build from the inside out. You make sure your offensive and defensive lines are good, and then you draft a quarterback. That's all this game is. This game is about protecting your quarterback and getting to the quarterback. Yep. Simply put, yep. in a dumbed-down version. Yep. And it's, you know, at this rate, 
with the current schedule, which is not getting Ooh. any easier. I, Seattle I think get, coming to town with Seattle, Wilson? Oh, my what God. Was it? Seattle, bye week, New England, Denver, yeah. which yep. is like that could be a house of horrors, too. Yeah. And then they have the subpar competition. I think they play Cincy twice. Like, yeah. you know, if they lose to Seattle mm-hmm. and they go into that bye week mm-hmm. and then they and they're about to play the Patriots. If Freddie Kitchens is still calling plays and you're not having Todd Bunkin, who can call plays, mm-hmm. like start doing it. That is insane. And I'm going to end it on this real quick. That that Wiley guy. Remember the the fucking the, the Marcellus uh, Wiley? Yeah, no, no. The the dude, the the offensive line guy for the Browns. He was famous for doing set hook and like his whole stomach moved on. Oh hard yeah, 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 offensive line coach. Yeah, yeah the yeah. offensive line coach yeah. Wiley. Yeah. Remember a few months ago, he said in an interview for the radio that it was never, it was never Freddie Kitchens calling the plays. Yep. It was never yep. this. It was never that. Yep. And everyone dis- dismissed that as yep. sour grapes. Yeah. Do you think those uh, that holds water right it's now? Looking good. It's looking like he was spot on, man. Yeah. And Freddie Kitchens, listen, this isn't even Freddie Kitchens. This is John Dorsey putting in a puppet that he can control in Freddie Kitchens. And Dorsey, let's call for what it is, has made some bad moves. Mm-hmm. He he went after Odell when he shouldn't have. You know what I'm saying? He got overrated Olivier Vernon and gave up a offensive lineman that you could use right he now. He took on Kareem Hunt and, you know, sure, the guy's going to get a second chance, but there's going to be backlash out of that as well. And now your team is looking like it's not the best, right? And your head coach doesn't have the leadership skills to correct all this right. as well. So right. The only saving grace, they're in a weak, one, of the, one of the weakest divisions right now yes, in that's and, and listen, and that's why I'm so – that's why I made the comment about Lamar Jackson because – I thought last week that these guys were uh, right back on track. They beat the fucking Ravens and things were looking good. Yep. Nope. I don't know. I just don't know. I can't figure this division out still, man. Yeah. It's one of the weakest. I mean, it it might be the weakest. An 8 8 team or a 9 7 might make it to the playoffs. I I figured out who the best divisions are. A different uh, topic for maybe a different subject. Maybe we can bring it up. But NFC West, best division, or NFC North, best division. Right. Both. NFC North has uh, no losses yet, right? Or one maybe? No, the Lions lost. So. Oh, yeah, one loss, right? And the NFC North, NFC West. Green Bay lost, too. Oh, there we go. But it, it's very low in regards to the uh, loss column. And then the NFC West, which is fucking right. 49ers. Lights up. Seattle, Short of the Cardinals. And fucking, uh, so yeah. Which is kind of showing signs of life. And then my last topic, it really came out yesterday. It's just the fucking garbage fire that is mm-hmm. the Washington Redskins. Mm-hmm. Like, it is, you know, it is it is insane. So, John, uh, not John, because John Gruden actually won. Uh, Jay Gruden got fired, and the messed up thing is, is he, co- he coaches <laughs> he coaches against the Pats, which was essentially a road game, because yeah. that entire stadium was full yep. of Pats Patriots fans. fans. He says the joke, I'm going to keep showing up until my key keeps working. That next morning, at 5 o'clock in the morning, the ownership and Bruce Allen, who's a joke, called Jay Gruden to be in the practice facility to fire him at 5 o'clock in the morning. Jesus. Insane. And then Bruce Allen holds a press conference, which was the first time he's ever held a press conference since 2015. As the president of football ops, which is incredible and mildly horrifying at the same time, given the coaching carousel that has gone through the beltway, you haven't done a press conference since 2015. And some of the notable quotes that came out of it were they kept harping on they loved Dwayne Hassage, which is fine. You drafted him in the first round. That's fine. That's your prerogative, Bruce. I don't have an issue with you taking Dwayne, but okay, fine. We have a damn good culture around here. Yeah, I don't think so. What culture? You just had... 
you know, Chris Johnson crying because Jay Gruden's about to be fired. And then you had an anonymous player messaging Josina Anderson saying this this whole locker room has been a joke. You have people sitting down in meetings, pretty much pulling an, uh, an AB looking on Snapchat and all this other stuff, running late to meetings. It was a fucking joke. Something needed to change. Like, it, you know, granted, the guy was a player's coach, 53 players, you're going to get 53 different opinions on the matter. But it's just, it is insane. Like, Dan Snyder is trying to spend money to win games in Washington. And he's, I tweeted this yesterday, he's a low-rent poor man's Jerry Jones. Like, Jerry Jones is going to pay ridiculous amounts of money for talent to come to Dallas, but at least he's putting a winning product out there. Since Snyder bought that team in 99, they've had three 10-win seasons. I think they've made the playoffs only a handful of times. They've been, a, they're always, their cap is a mess. The cap is still going to be a mess for the next two or three years because Alex Smith is still going to be on the books. Josh Norman's not living up to that contract. You had to overpay for Landon Collins to come here because that's how good the culture was. It is insane what's going on with Washington. And everybody was like, oh, Jay Gruden's gone. Hooray. Like, listen, Jay Gruden is not above reproach. Should he have been fired? Yeah. The defensive coordinator, the defense has vastly underwhelmed people. They've underperformed throughout the entire season so far. But it's not like he was given a whole lot of help to to do anything down in the beltway. Yeah, but Bruce I'm, Allen. Bruce Allen has had a thirty nine percent winning re- mm-hmm. percentage sure. since he's been there for over a decade. Like, what sure. is what is Jay Gruden supposed to do? That team, granted, they went through four quarterbacks last year. Up until week sixteen, they were still in the playoff hunt last year. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, man, he's been the coach since two thousand fourteen. And just some of the quarterbacks that he's had, man, um, Kirk Cousins, uh, 25 and 27, right? Um, Alex Smith, 10 and 6, uh, 10 and 4. They were first place when he was there, too. Mm-hmm. RG3, 2 and 5. Cole McCoy, 1 and 6. Case Keenum, 0 and 4. Uh, Josh Johnson, 1 and 2. Mark Sanchez, 0 and 1. Like, listen, I get it, man. Like, there's a lot of issues with, uh, you know, the GM as well. But it's, you've had five years to try to get this thing corrected. You know yeah, the saying? GM that's given him those quarterbacks. And this then goes back to my argument of maybe, you know, or people coaches. working together. Because, like, you know, if you go full rogue, like Bill O'Brien, you're not going to have any draft draft picks. But I mean, th- it's just it's just insane. And you know, uh, one of our one of our boys, uh, Josh, commented uh, on a post about uh, Jay Gruden getting fired. And it was you know, like I said, one of those hooray things. But like, what do you have to like? Okay, Jay Gruden gets fired. Has anything improved? In Washington, like the guy that's taken over the team, uh, Bill Callahan, uh, he was a former head coach of the Raiders. He was a former Cornhuskers head coach. Uh, He's the offensive line coach. He he thinks that they don't run the ball enough, and that's why they've been in some bad bad games. They lead the league in four and runs on first down. And yeah, do you want to know why you're not running the ball a whole lot in the fourth quarter? Because you're down. You got to throw to keep up. Mm -hmm. And Everyone was saying, oh, well, Bill Bill Callahan, he'll have Dwayne Haskins play. They're about to play the Dolphins, and Callahan came out and said, we're not playing Dwayne Haskins. If you're going to ease anybody in, you'd probably want to do it against the winless Miami Dolphins. And listen, this is no, like, Dwayne Haskins needs time to develop. Like, clearly he does. He didn't look that great in preseason. He he got a, a shitty hand when he played, uh, he filled in for Colt, uh, Case Keenum against the Giants, he clearly needs to hold the clipboard. I'm not saying that he's a lost cause based on the preseason, but 
clearly the lack of starting experience at Ohio State is not go- doing him any favors right now. And why rush him in stunt development when you have no offensive line there? Yeah, and, and that, you make, you make a, a decent point there, but I also will bring up that there, those reports that, you know, he made it a point to not develop Dwayne Haskins because he got handed that card on draft night. I can buy into it. I mean, but from what look- I understand, this guy seems like he was just asking to be fired. I mean, his actions, sh- the way I saw that that press conference and the way he was joking about that, like, you were asking to be fired at that point. Right. You know what I'm saying? But if you're the third-string quarterback, why should you get first-team reps? Uh, like Because you were drafted 15th overall. Right. But if you're the third-string quarterback, clearly the scouts, yeah. clearly the entire coaching staff, and then other players that have been the anonymous sources to the Josina Andersons of the world and the Diana Rossinis that have covered the, the Beltway news for the Washington Post and the local NBC Sports before getting called up to the big networks, they're reaching out to them and saying, he's not ready yet. Yeah. That's not saying he can't develop, that he's not just ready right now. Like, he can't read defenses. He's held on to the ball for too long. Yeah. And this is against, like, you know, you've, you've said this about Daniel Jones in the preseason. Yeah. yeah, he's lighting it up against the twos and the threes. Dan, the, Haskins is struggling against twos and threes in preseason. And then when he plays the ones, which was the worst defense in the league in the Giants, and he got, what is it, three picks? But it's also about the philosophy. Like, when something's forced down your throat, like, you're going to have a resentment towards that. And, like, I'm not saying they're purposely trying to sabotage this kid. That's not what I'm saying. But deep down, it's always there. You know what I'm saying? And, and I'll make a case in point. You can see how the Giants staff were working to make DJ look good. You know what I'm saying? Um, they were working to get him those first team reps. They were working to show everybody in the New York media market, aha, I told you, here's a great pick. You know what I'm saying? So they had his back, and and you can see you can see that, but you can you can't see that with uh, with uh, Dwayne Haskins and the Redskins. Right. You know what I'm saying, but they're not trying as hard as I feel like they're doing with but DJ. But nobody in the coaching staff of Washington was coming out in OTAs saying he's picking the playbook up quickly because they're not going to because he was forced down their throat. Let's just yeah. call for what it is. When listen. The day Jay Gruden decided he's not going to be that coach anymore is on draft night last year. Yeah, because they, ba- they were still exactly, banging the table exactly, the, right? the day before. They tried to get them to take DJ. As, as up. the kind of coach that Jay Gruden seems, and I don't know him, but he seems like that night just did it in for him. He's like, wow, fuck this guy. Fuck this owner. I'm done with this shit. You know what I'm saying? In my eyes. And he made it a point to make sure not to help Dwayne Haskins along. In my eyes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. But then again, like, you know, you could say it was, you know, this whole mark or, you know, build up for Daniel Jones. Given what they said in the offseason about him picking the playbook up and coming along quicker than expected, is it kind of proof positive from what we've seen so far in the league right now? Not yesterday. I mean, not uh, on Sunday. What are you talking about? That he was competitive. He kept that team competitive in there up until probably five minutes left in the third quarter. And then the wheels fell off the bus. I, I saw a different game. I, I, it was a 28-10 game. I didn't see anything positive out of that performance from Daniel Jones. Making deep throws, hitting Slayton, missed a couple of touchdowns with uh, Golden Tate not landing in the end zone. Yeah. I think Slayton dropped another pass that would have been a touchdown. The kid's pushing the ball down the field. He's looking really good in the playbook, and he was doing that in the you know in the OTAs, picking the offense up. And that's my whole point is even if this guy isn't your dude, but if he's picking up the offense quicker than expected and you're the 15th overall pick, you could play your way to a job. Like if you can't beat out Case Keenum and you can't beat out a busted ass Colt McCoy who's coming off of a broken fibula, 
you know, you need time to develop. Yeah. That's my whole big, that's my bigger picture here. All right. Uh, okay, cool. That was our three storylines from uh, week five. Moving into week six, picking up the games with the Patriots and Giants on Thursday night, which I'll be attending. Yeah. 8.20 p.m. I'm going to turn right back and drive to Boston on there Thursday night. There you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to lose my mind, man. First time that I'm going to see uh, Tom Brady and the Patriots in person. Oh, God. I'm super excited, man. Oh, boy. Could you imagine just uh, the chubby I'm going to have? Wow. <laughs> Your brother's uh, a Giants fan, though, right? Yeah, he's a Giants fan. Oh, so it'll God. be a fun, uh, fun drive up. Um, okay, cool. Uh, obviously, I have the Patriots winning 35 21. Um, I'm going to make this quick. The Pats' offense is still struggling uh, despite a really good day against the Washington Redskins. And not even really good, truthfully. It was a crap first half and a great second half. Um, the ground attack did finally show some life. The team rushed for 130 yards. And Brady had 348 yards and three TDs. Um, a defense uh, is dominant. Uh, again, I guess the Washington Redskins, and they're very, very, very bad, but the defense showed out again. Um, DJ, in my eyes, didn't look good against the Vikings. Um, truthfully, I'm glad he lost the game before everybody in the New York media market was going to cream their pants for this kid. Um, he's got two wins, against, two wins against Tampa Bay at the last second field goal that Tampa Bay should have won, and Washington, which is a crap team. Um, and tr- and on, on Sunday, he was, what, 21 of 38, 182 yards, one touchdown, 119, and 31 QBR. So um, let's pump the brakes on the, he's the next Tom Brady with everybody. But Who's he's saying get... he's the next Tom Brady? Uh, you make it seem like he's the I'm Hall not, of Famer. Listen, I'm not saying he's the next Tom Brady. I'm know. saying he's fitting that offense. He fits that sixth overall pick. And there, I read a report today on CBS. I forget who the writer was that, you know, Bill Belichick was talking about the Giants. And one, he has immense respect for the Giants still, uh, for the Mara family. Yeah. And well, he coached there for many years. Yeah, he was a defensive coordinator. Yeah. And then when the subject of Daniel Jones came up, I think that was the longest part of that interview was he was lauding his athletic skills, his uh, poise, his, you know, his poise in the pocket, his arm, which was a knock in, in the draft uh, scouting analysis. And then he was even on the record saying, you know, we we had him in in the spring. We had him do workouts. We really liked him. We just don't think he's going to be around at 32. Because if he was still on the board at 32, who knows? Maybe they would have went a different direction with Nikhil Harry and would have taken Daniel Jones. Yeah. So me being on board with Daniel Jones as the pick and fitting the offense is not anointing him as the next Tom Brady. I don't know, man. I've heard some different stuff from people on, like, uh, I mean, the day after he had the one win against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, everybody's like, oh, God, here he is, Danny Dimes, the next great quarterback, or whatever the fuck they're saying. I mean, he was making big-time throws, and he was winning a game without the number one offensive weapon in Saquon Barkley for about 75% sure. of the game. and he could have easily lost the game as well if a kicker made a chip shot right. field goal. And even if they did lose, I still would have been lauding yeah. his performance. And then he beat a really crap Washington team, and everybody kind of just lost their minds. Uh, he wasn't even that uh, great in the Washington team. I don't know about team. lost their minds. They were saying he underperformed. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he looked good to me in the Washington series, but I let it go because they won. But he looked like crap on Sunday. I will not uh, hesitate from that because I saw some throws that he missed to Sterling, uh, Sterling Shepard in the first quarter and third quarter that he could have made that game closer than it should be. Yeah. But Evan Ingram dropped four balls. That's going to kill your completion percentage. Sure. Too. And, and now, now we'll make the excuse for him that now his uh, you know pro level tight end is dropping balls as well. That's well, the same excuse that was in, well, in college. You know that's saying? the biggest knock on Evan Ingram since he came out of the draft was. He can't catch a ball. Yeah. And and I from what I see, um, he'll go into New England. He probably won't have a good day just because that defense is really good. I mean, uh, that defense has made a lot of teams uh, look bad. Um, it's probably going to end up being 35 to 14, maybe 35 to 21. Um, it was an interesting point that I saw this morning on Twitter was that Saquon Barkley uh, is not going to be playing as yeah, well on Thursday they, night. You may miss. You know, the, I don't even think like a final report even came out from like their glorified walkthrough. 
you know, we'll probably know. I mean, I, I assume he's going to travel, but we'll, we'll know more tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, really just on the Giants side, I mean, it's also looking like Sterling Shepard's going to miss because he's got a concussion. Evan Ingram might miss with a knee issue. That's kind of up in the air. Barkley's probably going to miss more than likely. Wayne Gallman is out with the concussion. They're down to, like, their fullback and their third-string running back, which I think was a local kid that went to Rutgers. I mean, the one positive side, I guess you could say, for the Giants is Golden Tate's back. He's going to see a shit ton of targets because there's really no one else out there to catch the ball short of Slayton and uh, in one of the, uh, the the other tight ends on the team. I'm forgetting his name because he hasn't clearly gotten enough work. But the, the defensive side of the ball, yes, the secondary is atrocious. But the defensive line play has improved a little bit. Uh, it, from in the Vikings game, it looked like the defensive line got three sacks against Minnesota. Minnesota is probably one of the better offensive lines that they faced, you know, short of the Dallas Cowboys so far through four weeks of, uh, of the season. Um, and you know what? Like Tom Brady, he's he's kind of looked his age at times. When you flush him out of the pocket, you make him throw on the run a little bit. You saw that in Buffalo with the turnover in the end zone. You saw that last week against uh, the yeah, Washington but he, Redskins. But he was never that quarterback, though. He was never going outside the pocket and throw the ball. Like right. I, can, I can show you a video from 0405 where he was out right. the pocket. And and listen, like I'm not saying he was Patrick Mahomes or Dan Marino rolling yeah. out. But right now in the season... One, the Patriots always, so far through four weeks, have been slow on the start of, uh, of games on the offensive side of the football. And the game, uh, the team seemed to stay in it a little bit. And in those two last two games, on those picks from Tom Brady, when he's moving a little bit in the pocket and he's under pressure and he's flushed out, he's throwing interceptions. So sure. that's gonna that could be a problem. I'm not saying that he's going to throw a pick to the, the Giants' side of the football because they can't even do pass uh, pass coverage right now. But it's just something to watch when this defense just got three sacks on Kirby Cousins behind a decent offensive line. Um, let's, like I said, Ingram might miss the New England side. Uh, you know, you got Josh Gordon. He was a little banged up with a knee issue. But the offense, I'm gonna keep banging that drunk. That guy cannot separate anymore, dude. Well, can you separate with the knee issue? I mean, no, but I, okay I can, then. I can barely separate. Okay with then. The knees, but like, like I just, I don't know if he's hurt. I don't know what it is, but yeah, listen, uh, he, I don't. He just. He can't separate, and I'm scared. Yeah, all, all he's last our week. One, he's our number one wide, uh, deep threat. One or two, yeah. yeah. I mean, all of last week, he he had the questionable tag with the knee issue. Philip Dorsett, he missed most of last game against Washington with a, a hamstring issue that's kind of day-to-day right now. Uh, but the offensive line, that could be a big problem, that's too. Issue, that yeah. offensive line has, still, not, still sad, has not done a whole lot of favors for yeah. Tom Brady back there. I mean, another, times. another person that should be calling Washington would be Belichick yeah. to see if he can get Trent Williams. Um, but yeah, that's really that's really it for the New England side. If Barkley and other weapons were playing, I would say this game might be a little bit more interesting. I have New England winning. Over-unders 43. Um, you know, I'm going to say give me the under, though, because I think if it gets out of hand just because of how Belichick feels about the Giants organization and the Maras, I think he would actually call the dogs off early before it got out of hand for this team. So I'm going to take the under on 43. But I have New England I winning. hope they don't, man. I would love to look at my brother and be like, what now, bro? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, next that. up, Texans and Chiefs. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Texans absolutely embarrassed the Falcons. Uh, 53-32 was the final score of that game. Uh, and for one week, at least, those summer trades that Bill O'Brien made and try to get Laramie Tunsil and uh, what's the guy's name? Uh, Kenny Stills. Stills. Uh, looks like those uh, trades work, man. Uh, looks like Watson was cleaning up right for most of the game. Uh, 426 yards and five touchdowns. Absolutely great monster game from him. Uh, Fuller came alive as well. 217 yards and three touchdowns and obviously, just as my luck would have it, I have him on the bench. 
of my fantasy football league. <laughs> Gotta play the matchups, man. Yeah. <laughs> and you can see what the Texans are trying to do. Uh, if Tunsil can protect Watson on that offensive line, you can see the superstar that Watson is. You know what I'm saying? Five touchdowns look absolutely great. Um, they can be a scary team um, if they can keep Watson upright. Now, Patrick Mahomes himself had a tough time. Um, like we talked earlier, it looks like Indianapolis found a way to kind of push him inside the po- uh, keep him inside the pocket, um, and that kind of negated his abilities throwing down the ball, uh, throwing down the field. Um, but the run game was also min- uh, missing for those games as he only averaged uh, 2.6 yards per carry, which is obviously not good. Uh, on the defense as well on the Kansas City side, couldn't stop the Colts running game one bit. Um, I will say the Colts, I'm sorry, I will say the Chiefs will bounce back this week and win against the, uh, against the Texans, but it's going to be much closer than we think it's going to be. It's going to be 42-35. Right. I mean, uh, really like this offensive line you mentioned for the Houston Texans. I mean, uh, you know, that this is one game, like you said, that, that Tunsil trade uh, panned out. Uh, up until that point, it's still been a turnstile over there. Uh, so let's see if the offensive line play could keep it up. Um, and run the ball. I mean, you have... Carlos Hyde, you got Duke Johnson. They can both run. Well, Duke is a little bit more of a you know pass catching running back, but Carlos Hyde can bang in between the tackles. And then if you want to get crazy, you can put Deshaun Watson out there in a couple of designed runs. I mean, this offensive line is for per uh, Football Outsiders. Uh, the Houston offensive line is 14th overall in run blocking. So against this team that just got gouged on the ground by Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines a little bit, and Jacoby Brissett had a couple of runs as well too. You know that, like we said, you're gonna beat this team. You got to keep Patrick Mahomes off the field. Uh, passing wise, Kansas City's 15th against the pass. Uh, if coverage is gonna keep rolling towards Hopkins, I still would expect Fuller and Kiki QT. Uh, and if Kenny Stills plays, you know, they could get a lot more looks from Watson if he's got time. Uh, Kansas City side, Tyree Kill is looking to be tracking towards playing. Uh, nobody in the secondary. Granted, they, they did a great performance against uh, Julio Jones and company down in Hotlanta. But, you know, Tyree Kill's a different kind of animal. And he's actually like out of everybody in Kansas City that catches the ball out there. More of a pure wide receiver than the Demarcus Harrisons or the the uh, Miko Hardmans of the world. Um and I think this could be a bounce-back game, like you said. Uh, but Mahomes is banged up. This offensive line's banged up. I think they're on, like, their second and third string guys. Uh, Vegas is calling this as a 55-and-a-half total. I think it's the highest one on the board. Uh, give me the over and give me Houston on the road. I think nice. it could be back-to-back. Uh, really? Back-to-back back losses, huh? Yeah, I think, you you know, you're going to see a little bit more Deshaun Watson design runs maybe until they, they, they stop him. Nice, nice. Okay, cool. Next up, Seahawks and Browns. Um, obviously, we went in great detail about the Browns issue, so I, in the interest of time, I won't go through those again. Um, Seattle, though, they pulled out a great nail-biter against the Atlanta Thursday Night Football. Great game. Despite, real quick, despite what seemed like the coaching staff's attempts at losing that game yeah. in Seattle, yeah. Russell Wilson won that oh, game. Oh, my God. That was, that was a great game, dude. Uh, that was mm-hmm. probably the best game of the weekend, mm-hmm. right? Um, and that's now that's two weeks back-to-back with the Packers and um, Eagles, right? Yep. And then um, the Rams and the Seahawks. And like I said, man, when these games went to Fox is when the better slate of games have come in. And you you can't lie. You've enjoyed those two games. Those games are great. I'm still not a fan of Thursday Night Football. Well, the rest of the world is because those numbers that came out on Thursday night were amazing for that game. Um, Russell Wilson is an absolute beast, man. He crushed it Thursday night. Uh, He had four touchdowns and only six incompletions. That's pretty spectacular. Uh, And I think we need to start giving him more credit in that elite status. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, you have the the Breeze and the Bradys and the Patrick Mahomes and all that stuff. But I think we really got to start putting this kid up there as well. Um, It's just year in a year out. He's just good. 
Um, right now, uh, through five games, Wilson has career highs in completion percentage, yards, and touchdowns so far. So that's a great start to his season. Um, and that locket pass to the end zone, absolute beauty. Yeah. Oh, my God. Highlight, highlight of the game, like he right? was just throwing it away. Oh, my God. It was unreal. Um, I will say Seattle is going to go into Cleveland. Um, 28-17, blow them out. Um, 11 points is a blowout, I guess, in the NFL. Um, and it's going to be just a downward spiral for the Browns, man. Yeah. I mean, real quick, Seattle side. Uh, I mean, the, the, the Cleveland defense, they just got completely gashed on the ground against, you know, Tevin Coleman and Matt Breida uh, on Monday Night Football. Chris Carson ate big time against uh, the Rams on Thursday last week. I think that train's going to continue. Uh, you, you could also see uh, Rashad Penny getting some work as well, too, on the pass, uh, the running game as well. I don't think they're going to be able to stop this uh, Seahawks run game, which they've made it a point to be a run-heavy team. Uh, and then Cleveland... You know, tight end wise, Will Disley's a huge weapon right now for uh, for Russell Wilson. I mean, he had 88 yards. You know, a couple of touchdowns going into this game uh, through three weeks. Disley's had 200 yards, uh, receiving yards, two touchdowns, and Cleveland hasn't really done a whole lot to shut down the tight end. Just another weapon for Russell Wilson to use. And then this defense for the Seahawks should eat uh, against this porous offensive line for the Browns. And real quick, the Browns side, if they want to get crazy and try to protect. Baker a little bit more. Maybe they could run a little bit more. Twelve personnel, one running back, two tight ends, two wide receivers, uh, and see and see what happens from there. Uh, just Baker needs to get rid of the ball quicker. A lot of batted balls too last yeah. week, yeah. yesterday. I was yeah, surprised. He looked short. <laughs> I was surprised at how many batted balls there were. Um, but despite the struggles and injuries, uh, the secondary for Cleveland it's top ten defense despite last night, uh, and then they can hang with coverages. Uh, this front four should be able to get pressure on Seattle. The Seattle O-line is 26th in pass protection and 27th in run blocking, surprising enough, despite how many times they run the ball. Uh, 47 is the total for this game from Vegas. Uh, give me give me the over and give me Seattle on the road. Nice, nice. Next up, 49ers versus the Rams. Um, dude, last night Nick Bosa is coming into his zone. He looked absolutely unblockable. Uh, two sacks, two tackles for loss, five quarterback hurries, um, a forced fumble, and a fumble recovery last night for Bosa against uh, the Brownies. Um, and he's one of the main reasons the 49ers had almost an almost perfect performance last night. It looked great last night. Um, and they're 4-0 for the first time since 1990, which is big for those guys. Right. Can we talk about that trade real quick for, which one? for the 49ers where they got they got D Ford, right? Mm-hmm. They they got D Ford from Kansas City for draft picks. Mm-hmm. And then Kansas City got Frank Clark, and Frank Clark hasn't done shit. Yeah. Like I think that Kansas City defense might be just as bad as last year. Yeah. Ugh. Like, man, yeah, the 49ers look great in that trade right now with him <laughs> and Bosa and DeForest Buckner. That's that that defense is legit. Yes. Insane. Yes. I will say it's very, it's very good, uh, good defense. Um, and that, and truthfully, this upcoming game against the Rams, the 49ers, is the biggest game, and I think recent me- uh, recent memory for me uh, for the 49ers. I mean, last I think time so. I think it was a big enough game like that for the 49ers it was with the uh, Jim Harbaugh era, yeah, right? With the so, Super Bowl, Super Bowl, yeah. Um, Rams, man, they lost the nail biter to Seattle on a last second field goal. Um, Goff looked absolutely amazing on the last drive, man. Um, he reminded me of Brady, no lie, you know what I'm saying? Um, 
just the way he led the team down the field and unfortunately couldn't convert on the field goal. Um, Goff looked amazing on the last drive. I'm sorry, uh, Cooper Cup looked uh, great as well. Looks like he never really had an ACL injury, man. He looks like he's absolutely great. Can we talk about how Troy Aikman absolutely destroyed his dad on national team? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. That was, that was yeah. funny. Uh, McVay made an effort to get Gurley involved. Um, had two touchdowns, but only about 57 yards and a fumble. I think I'm convinced that we're never going to see the old Gurley again, yeah. man. I think I think that's a... That, that ship has set sail. Yeah. Um, yes, uh, but still, I think with LA being at home, I'm going to take these guys to win. Um, I'm going to take LA 27-24 against the 49ers. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, really, the San Francisco side, the, the big thing is Kyle Juszczyk. Uh, he's the fullback. He's used a lot in some of the passing, uh, pass protection, run blocking. He had a huge run block on the 83-yard touchdown run from Matt Breida last night to open the game up. And he's also got works in the works in the passing game as well, too. Uh, he has an MCL sprain. He's going to be out, I think, four to six weeks right now. That's a huge mm-hmm. loss. It's probably not a whole lot of people are going to be talking about until they run into that issue on Sunday uh, with with blocking. So Kyle Juszczyk is out. Uh, despite the win last night, Jimmy G left a lot with for me to be desired. Like, the run game was great. The defense was great. But a couple of times, like on a few occasions, when there was the, the slightest bit of pressure that he faced that night, like he was throwing the ball short in the dirt. He was kind of bouncing it to people. He was overthrowing people at times. Um, I think what did I have the stats here? I mean, he was 20 for 29, 181 yards and two touchdowns, but just from some of the stuff I saw on the tape, it, it left a little bit to be desired, yeah. but like, you know, good things happen in a Kyle Shanahan offense. Yeah. Uh, the LA side, the, the lack of a run game is a big problem. Yeah. Like the girlie's not getting run. Yeah. And Goff Mal- is throwing the ball Malcolm, all over the yard. Right. Malcolm Brown isn't getting any run. Daryl Henderson. I don't even think he's seen the field so far. Yeah. Uh, and like you said, Goff is throwing the ball like 45, yeah. 50 times it a was game. How much two weeks ago? It was like 63 two weeks ago against uh, two weeks ago against the uh, he threw uh, the ball Tampa 63 Bay. times yeah. against Tampa Bay, and then he threw the ball 48 or 49 times yeah. against the the Seahawks. And that's not a winning formula. Like no. listen, I like Goff, and I'm coming around to him. And you know me, it takes me a long time to get around to quarterbacks, but he's not the kind of guy who's going to throw you 50 times and get you to, get you right. to a win. You know, right? Exactly. And then like this wide receiver core. You know, you got the Robert Woods and you got Cooper Cup, and but the, a, a loss that could really stretch the field is is Brandon Cooks. He might miss this game with a concussion. He got dinged up. Oh, he uh, got fucked up. He got he got hit. I, it looked like he was out when he hit the ground. Yeah. Like it was it was a bad hit. Uh, he might, his hits are getting vicious, dude. Yeah, Mason Rudolph. Yeah, remember that? I thought Rudolph died. I thought he died too. I, the way Juju reacted, I was like, Are we going to see a death on the field yep. today? Yep. Uh, I thought he was dead. Um, but yeah, this uh, the San Francisco pass defense. The, the second overall uh, going into into week five right now. You know the wide receiver group. They may have a little bit of work ahead of them uh, in this game. Vegas is calling this uh, forty nine total. Uh, give me give me the over. Give me San Francisco on the road, just because of like the with what Chris Carson did on Thursday night with running the ball a ton, and then with the running back uh, Hydra that you have going on in San Francisco right now, they might just run the ball down LA's throat. It's not like yeah. they've stopped anybody, and Clay Matthews is going to be out for like a month or two because he broke his jaw. Yeah, this is a little bit of a must-win situation for LA. Oh yeah, you can't afford to be two games behind. And both two Seattle, games. yeah, both Seattle and um, 49ers. So this is kind of a bit of a must win. Oh yeah, game. yeah. 
Uh, next up, Eagles versus the Vikings. Uh, the Eagles cruise to a second straight win, and they are 3-2 and two on the year. Um, they beat the Jets last Sunday. Um, listen, even though it was against the Jets, the defense for the Eagles looked great. They piled up 10 sacks, had 16 quarterback hits. Sam Darnold would have died if he was out there. <laughs> I started them in my fantasy team, too. <laughs> yeah. That saved me against Pat. <laughs> um, listen, uh, Nate Gary had a pick six. Skandrick had a fumble touchdown as well. Uh, just to highlight that defensive... Uh, uh, stand, just to highlight the defensive standouts. Now, the Eagle, uh, Eagles' offense was a little bit less impressive. Uh, they only had 266 yards, uh, but it really didn't matter. They didn't have the to end. do a whole yeah, lot of work. It, it didn't matter, right? Um, now, the next three weeks will tell us if the Eagles squad is a real squad or not, right? They are against Minnesota this week. They have Dallas next week, and they have Buffalo uh, in three weeks. So it's going to be a little bit of a stretch for those guys. Uh, now, Kirk Cousins uh, on the Viking side, man, he force fed the ball to Thielen against the Giants, man. He made sure he looked at him Squeaky every wheel single gets time. the grease. Oh, my God. Apparently, you complain a couple times and get every single ball thrown to you. Uh, Thielen had eight targets and caught seven balls for 130 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, the Minnesota offense. Um, had a massive bounce back week against uh, the Giants with 500 yards. Now, uh, Dalvin Cook, man, he needs to be like in like the comeback player of the year running or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, week in and week out, the kid is just absolutely dominating it. He accounted for 218 yards um, on Sunday against the Giants, and the Vikings defense put the pressure on the Giants and only allowed 211 yards of offense. Uh, so, give me the Vikings in this game, uh, 28-21 over the Eagles. All right. Uh, the the Eagles side, like defense, they had a they had a great showing against the JV team known as the uh, the New York Jets, anchored by uh, Luke Falk at the time. Uh, but against this competition of the the Vikings with the you know Th- uh, Diggs and Thielen and uh, Cooks, Dalvin Cook involved in the passing game. This secondary for the Eagles has been a gas can fire. Yeah. Like they've been atrocious since last year. They've they've been the walking wounded so far in the secondary. This this pass catching core uh, of the Vikings could be a big freaking problem for uh, for the Eagles on Sunday. Uh, but Philadelphia on the defensive side of the ball still uh, they've been stout against the run. This is going to be a, a true test for Dalvin Cook. Uh, but I still think Dalvin Cook is going to eat in this game as well too. Uh, Wentz, uh, he's going to have a tough matchup on the road. He's just going to be smarter with the ball. Hopefully his wide receivers do him a couple of favors and catch it. Looks like Deshaun Jackson is going to miss the next couple of weeks as well too. Uh, But I think Ertz and Goddard could get a lot more work in this game. Minnesota's 13th against, uh, you know, tight ends uh, in defense. So this should be a a good game if you have Ertz or Goddard on your fantasy team. Uh, The Minnesota side, pass the ball. Like the, if against the secondary, Let it rip. Like, you need to air the ball out. Like I don't care if Kirk throws like two picks, whatever. Like you need to get Diggs involved. You need to get Thielen involved, especially if Diggs is trying to audition for being traded out of Minnesota. Um, See a wink wink at the end. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. I I still think he's on his way out. Um, but yeah, I mean Kirk. It, he just needs to throw the ball. Like that's really it. Like that's all I got for the Minnesota side of the of the football. Uh, Vegas is calling this a forty four total. Uh, give me give me the over, huh? Give me the over and give me Philadelphia on the road. Wow. Okay. All right. If you couldn't tell, I don't feel that confident in yeah. the pick. But give me Philadelphia on the road. Uh, I'm not gonna lie to you. I did not. I totally forgot to pick the Chargers and the Steelers game. There's not much. I'll, I'll recap. <laughs> you go for it. I'll recap it real quick. <laughs> 
Pittsburgh side, holy shit. Like this team is still alive. This team is a mess. Uh, Mason Rudolph, if you didn't see the replay, got completely obliterated by Earl Thomas, knocked out of the game. The cart broke. He had to walk off the field. It was just so, but, it's so bad. But not, all, all laugh, jokes but. aside, scary situation in Pittsburgh. That that was not a pretty scene. Uh, wide receiver depth for depth for Pittsburgh. Uh, I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster went in, dinged up with, I guess, a case of turf toe, you could call it. James Washington looks like he's going to miss this week. He got knocked out of the game last week with a shoulder issue. Uh, pass catcher, uh, the, 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 the pass catcher's with a pulse right now. Uh, again, if Juju plays, is you know, you got him, you got Deontay Johnson, Nick Vanette, the new tight end out of Seattle, uh, Vance McDonald, which is also, he's also banged up. Uh, and then Dante Moncrief, who can't catch a, a cold to save his life. Uh, so that's not great. The the Steelers' side defense leaves a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. Uh, the Chargers' side, I think it's going to be a bounce-back game. You're going to, you know, uh, the head coach, uh, head coach Lynn of the of the Chargers, he kind of threw it, threw down the gauntlet in a post-game presser saying, like, we underperformed. I wouldn't want to watch this but this team play today uh, against that, that loss against the Broncos. Uh, I think it's going to be a bounce-back game, uh, especially – you know, he keep up in the AFC West. They're third in the AFC West right now. Like the yep. the, the the Oakland Raiders are second. They're yep. three and two. Yep. It's insane. Uh, but I think you could you're going to see a little bit more work from Melvin Gordon. You're going to see Austin Eckler still going to be on the field because there's no one to catch the ball in in, in uh, LA either for the Chargers because half their offense is banged up. But I think this defense is going to eat against Pittsburgh. Give me uh 41 and a half is the total. Give me the over and give me the Chargers at home. Yeah. But every home, air quote, home game is really a road game because they don't have any home fans in Santa Clara. Yeah, um, dude, uh, I will also take the Chargers as well. Um, I am not taking a third-string quarterback to beat the Chargers. I am not doing that. No. This game's in uh, It's in uh, L.A., right? Yeah. Did you hear how the Charles, the, Carson, wherever the hell they play. Yeah. Did you hear how the Chargers are in such bad financial shape? that they have issues paying for the new stadium. Like, they have issues paying rent for the new stadium. <laughs> I'm not lying to you. Like, And I'm sitting there thinking, like, why would they ever leave San Diego if they're in this fucking mess? You know what I'm saying? Um, they can't obviously have a 30,000-seat uh, stadium and this small dignity health, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, you're not gonna, you're yeah. not filling that out. You know what I'm saying? On oh, you're filling it up with road t- with road fans. Yeah, right. Um, and, and you're having issues paying for a new stadium. Like, oh, dude, you might want to reconsider your plan. Yeah, right? no shit. Yeah, well, they can't go back to Qualcomm, so yeah. they're kind of stuck with either StubHub or figure out a way to pay half the rent there. Yeah. Uh, final game, Lions and Packers. Uh, Going to be a good one as well. Huge division yeah. matchup. Yeah. Uh, I think it's time to give Matt Patricia some credit. Um, he had quite a bit of doubters earlier, especially last year. Uh, but his team is playing tough, and they're balling this year. Uh, they're 2-1-1, one, and one, the one loss being against the Kansas City Chiefs, and they actually put up a great fight in that game as well. Um, the defense that Matt Patricia has implemented is very patriarch light in a bend-but-don't-break mentality. Um, and the hiring of offensive coordinator Daryl Bevel was a great move by, uh, by Patricia. Um, the running game is great as well, averaging 120 yards per game. And the defense is playing good. And that's usually a winning formula in the NFL. Stafford's also playing good. Now, in regards to the Packers, man, uh, they look for real after beating the boys. Um, they beat them down. Um, apparently, uh, Aaron Rodgers owns Cowboys Stadium at 4-0. Yeah. Not really a hometown uh, that. advantage there. And then Aaron Jones, uh, I'm sorry, Aaron Jones as well had a day for himself for four TDs and piled up 182 yards. He's, he just ran all over that, all over that Cowboys defense. God bless you if you played against him in fantasy. Oof, best of luck. Um, and it's a good sign the Packers moved the ball so well without Devontae Adams. 
Um, also, the defense had a great start in Dallas, suffocating Dak, but kind of let them creep back into the game in the second half, which is a little bit of a, uh, what's going on there kind of thing. Right. Uh, I'll take the Packers, though, 25-20, um, but it would be a great matchup. All right. Uh, yeah, I mean, Stafford, real quick, I mean, he's just looked vintage. I mean, mm-hmm. over the last two weeks, they were on a bye week last week, but last two weeks uh, he's had – 492 yards, four touchdowns, and one fumble. I mean, Green Bay right now is 14th against the pass. Kenny Galladay is, you know, a top 10 wide receiver in the league, in my opinion. Uh, the talent's always been there. They want to get on Johnson involved in the passing game as with, well, too. With Kenny Galladay, he's on target to have the same amount of receptions that Calvin uh, – t- same amount of targets – at 144 that Calvin Johnson had at his peak. Yeah, so yeah. he's looking at him all day. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, Stafford Stafford has been the man right now. And speaking of carry on Johnson, Green Bay is 26 against the rush. Uh, he could eat. He could eat uh, in a huge way in this game uh, Monday night at home. Uh, I last week against or two weeks ago against Kansas City, uh, he had 125 rushing yards. I think he could eclipse that and possibly get two touchdowns. That's my prediction for Carry On Johnson: is 125 yards, two touchdowns on the ground for him. Uh, the Green Bay side just keep feeding Aaron Jones, especially if Devonte Adams may miss. Granted, you know, uh, Marquez Valdez Scantlin. Uh, Geronimo Allison, Jimmy Graham, like they may see increased work in the passing game, but. Let's see what happens. Just keep feeding Aaron Jones. Get him more involved in the passing game as well, too. Uh, Detroit is towards the bottom of the league against the rush. So keep feeding Aaron Jones. Keep monitoring Devontae Adams if that turf toe issue sidelines him. Uh, Vegas is calling us a 47 total. Give me the over, but give me Detroit at home. Hashtag one pride. Give me the Lions. The upset, huh? Yep. Monday night. It's going to be good. Nice, nice. Cool. Awesome, cool. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Would you like to get to anything else, good sir? No, that's that pretty much covers it, man. Okay, cool. Well, um, I will let you plug it up, good man. Yeah, so Facebook, Instagram, Pro Football Radio Podcast, Twitter, PFR Podcast. I'm on Twitter, at Brando underscore Puma. Jay Chima is at Jay Chima. You can find this episode and previous ones in SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, like, subscribe, download, share. Let us know what your feedback is. Any mailbag questions, hit us up. We'll answer it on the air. And that's all I got for the players. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys next week. Bye, Acondio. Bye.